Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy <laughs> There's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes. Oh, throw the end down. Battle intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Happy holidays, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Live on YouTube today for episode 237. The 10 and 4 Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a second chance to win the NFC South this Sunday, the day after Christmas, against the 5-9 and nine Carolina Panthers. Welcome back to the game preview edition of the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How are you doing, my friend? Merry Christmas. I'm doing very good. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all the viewers of the youtube channel or all the listeners if you're not viewing on youtube all the listeners we've had we've had a great year a super bowl in this year right so it's, it's been a, a big year for not only the bucks but but the channel as well and you know, we're, we're thankful and grateful for every single one of you so thank you for listening and if you are you know listening watching whatever hope you have a merry christmas and a happy new year 100 percent. this is not our final podcast of the year but uh we are getting close to it, so it should be a great batch of content we have got for you guys to wrap up 2021 and uh, that entire year of coverage, which did include Super Bowl 55, where your Buccaneers did come out victorious. So let's talk about what's on the slate this week for Tampa Bay. Another division game, the first of two matchups that they're going to have with Carolina over the next three weeks. So the schedule makers were really saving this one for last. This Sunday, it will be in Carolina, and then, of course, they close out the regular season at home versus the Panthers. But the second chance for the Bucs to win the division. They could have done so at home against the Saints. They lose that one nine to nothing. And while that loss definitely hurts, you know, it, it still doesn't shake up the division picture at all. With a win this weekend or a Saints loss to Miami, which seems a little bit more likely now that they have lost another quarterback on that depth chart. You know, we'll have to see what happens, but it really seems like the Buccaneers, if they are to be Super Bowl contenders, like we hope they still can be, you know, you definitely should close out the division this weekend. There's there's no more excuses. No, and I mean, you know, you can make the argument the Saints are a tough team. Um, you can make the argument that it's a tough game, but I mean, th- this one, you know, this is a struggling Panthers team. And um, I know the Saints were struggling at the time when they came to Tampa. Like, I get it. Um, when we talked about already, we're just gonna we're gonna flush that one down the toilet. But um, yeah, this is a game you can't really lose. Now, if the Bucks do lose for whatever reason, you know they are pretty banged up. Whatever, if the Bucks do lose, 
all they need, they don't even have to win this weekend to still clinch, right? All the Saints need to do, if the Saints lose to Miami, which, I mean, they're starting Ian Book now on Monday because, you know, COVID and everything. If they lose, it's done anyway. But yet again, like I said, that's not how you, that's not how you want to do it, right? That's not how you want to clinch the division. You want to be able to clinch it on your own terms. You're doing it. You don't have to want to rely on another team. So yeah, you're right. This is a game that, I don't care how it's done, right? Pretty or not, 10 to 3, 13 to 10, I don't care. 10 to 3, 35 to 30, I, I don't care. Just, you know, find a way to get a win. Um, You just, you got to find a way. And it's really, you know, if they lose this team, it'd be pretty, pretty bad. It, it'd be, there would still be no questions about whether they would win the division or make the playoffs. Like, I'm not getting to that point, obviously. But you can't lose this game. Just like you said, you just, you, you, you can't. You know, I think the players know that everybody in that Tampa Bay locker room knows that these guys aren't going to go out there and look to lose two in a row because they don't do that very often since Tom Brady has come to town. And I mean, this is just another division opponent like they're going to bring they're going to be bringing their best football on both sides. Right. For Tampa Bay and for Carolina, you're going to want to go out there and just play the brand of football that, you know, you can for Tampa Bay. That brand of football is a little bit better than what Carolina is dealing with right now. But Let's look at the injuries for Tampa Bay because they are also pretty important coming into this one. I think the biggest storyline of the week is going to be this Bucks offense and how they can adapt throughout the rest of the season. It's not like they have a very tough schedule left. You got Carolina twice, including this weekend, and then the New York Jets. So hopefully this offense should be able to do enough. But they are missing their guys, right? It, it has been confirmed that uh, Hamstring injury, Mike Evans has been ruled out this week. I don't think he's going to travel with the team, so they're missing Mike Evans. They're missing Leonard Fournette, who is ruled out this week as they put him on season-ending IR, and they are also missing Chris Godwin, whose season was ended last Sunday mm-hmm. with that as, torn. As well as, obviously, Levante David, they placed yep. on IR. Yep. Um, and Anton Winfield was also ruled out today. Uh, real quick, the the injury – sorry to cut you off, but no, the injury report has, has just been released, um, the injury report for today. Players that did not participate in practice, two of them were Mike Evans and Antoine Winfield. They're both obviously out. That's no surprise. Gronkowski did not participate. The resting player, Dadamakin Su, did not participate. He was a resting player as well. Um, now, the, here's the big one. Here's the, the big update. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, who practiced fully on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday, did not practice today. He's officially listed as doubtful. So that would mean that Joe Tryon Showinka, who looked really good on Sunday night, um, would, would step in and get some of them reps. So uh, you'd expect to see him. You'd expect to see more Anthony Nelson if Jason Pierre-Paul can't go. Uh, but that's that's the biggest update. It looks like everybody else should be okay. Um Looks like Jamel Dean was practicing fully. Um, he's questionable. Richard Sherman practiced limited all week. He's questionable. But other than that, it looks like the Bucks are okay. Obviously, Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards will make their return. That's the big one. Um, as for the Panthers, um, Stephon Gilmore was limited participation early in the week, but he was full the rest of the week, so he's good to go. Uh, DJ Moore did not participate um in practice on wednesday and thursday but was limited today so he's questionable uh and then as far as uh, they have cam irving who was practice all week and they don't really have much much injury uh problems the injury lists are very much different when you look at these two teams so it's a healthy carolina team and definitely a banged up bucks team hey quick ad break but uh let me tell you about our guys over at betonline.ag one of our main sponsors of the podcast for over a year at this point 
from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the new updated desktop or a mobile website they have to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and a proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Looking at the biggest storylines that come out of the injury report, not only the offensive guys that we just mentioned who are also missing this game, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, um, but Joe Tryon officially on pace right now is, you know, we can take from the injury report. Uh, it looks like he's going to start this weekend. And I think that's, <clears throat> I think for a lot of people who have been banging the table for a while for Tryon to start, uh, this is a huge opportunity for him. And I think this is an offensive line that he can definitely go out there and show that he is worth being a starter on this team. Uh, so I would expect a big game for him this week, but I think that's, you know, definitely the more exciting storyline to come out of this. Obviously, you wish the best for Jason Pierre-Paul. That's a guy that you love to have out there, regardless of how well he's playing or not. He's just a big morale guy for the entire locker room. You ask any player on the roster, they'll tell you that JPP is a natural leader. But Joe Tryon, his athletic ability, I'm uh, very excited to see that on full display against Carolina this week. Yeah, and I mean, just like we talked about, he he played well on Sunday, and he, and he's, he's played well in flashes. Um it's it'll be very interesting to see how much snaps he gets versus Anthony Nelson or, or Cam Gill or anything like that. So I'm interested to see. I hope he gets most of them. Um, I hope he gets almost every snap that he's able to get. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And a uh, big opportunity for him here, though. So what side of the ball do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about this Bucks offense going against Carolina or the yeah. other way around? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Bucks offense. Um, I, it's the more banged up side. Um, it's, it's definitely the, the side that's hurting the most right now. I mean, you got four guys that are contributors that are going to be out. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, all of them are out. So, um, obviously they signed Le'Veon Bell. We'll see how much he plays. Um, yeah, we'll have to see. It's going to be, obviously he has a return of Antonio Brown. It sounds like Rashad Perryman might be close to getting activated off the COVID list. It doesn't sound like he's there yet, but it sounds like as far as Arians had heard that he was, he was close. So they might get him back. Uh, but the Bucks put Jalen Darden on the COVID list. So one goes on, one, you know, one comes off, one goes on. So kind of cancels each other out there. Um, this offense, it, you know, might be a struggle. Um, it, it really, it might be a little bit of a struggle. I'm not saying like that they're going to score points this one, I, I think. Um, but you know, it might not be the, the prettiest of games because just, you know, at some point you're, you're, you're too banged up at some point. And the Panthers defense has been a strength for them at a lot of times, the, the, you know, the, this season and the Panthers probably with a loss this Sunday will probably end their season pretty much. So they want to make sure that they're going to be, prepared and ready to go so it, it might be i'm not saying the bucks are only gonna put up zero or three or like 10 points but it might not be the, the prettiest game uh you know that we've seen in the brady era no i i do agree with you i mean 2020 the panthers were the first division opponent the bucks had to face after losing 38 to 3 against the saints and i think our buddy danny brought it up in the live chat but 
I mean, they hung almost 40 points on those guys, including the Ronald Jones 99-yard touchdown, which you love to see. Or uh, 98 yards, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 98 yards, the longest It would have been cool if it was 99. Yeah, Yeah, but 98 yards, the longest run in franchise history from Ronald Jones against Carolina last season. So it's easy to think that, yeah, they can go in here and beat up on the Panthers, but those Carolina Panthers did not have Stephon Gilmore. They did not have J.C. Horn, who I believe is active in playing this week. Yep. So, yeah, just like you said, this Panthers I mean, second or this Panthers defense, and I look specifically at the secondary. It's going to be a test for a lot of guys on this offense. We'll talk about the young receivers here in a minute because although you do get Antonio Brown back, you're still going to be looking at guys like Tyler Johnson, uh, Scotty Miller. Hopefully, you know, being a little more useful this week because they weren't able to do very much last week against New Orleans. But let's talk about Tom Brady really quick because again. With what this Panthers defense brings to the table, I don't know if he's going to be slinging it for over 300 yards in this one. I'd like to see a pedestrian Brady game where, you know, obviously no turnovers are going to be key. And I think moving the ball down the field with that dink and dunk offense, which is definitely useful. And I think it can work a little bit more with Antonio Brown coming back this week. You know, that stuff's going to be important. But I, I think this is a, I think this is a true test for Brady. One of the first few like real tests we have seen for him so far this season, I think. Um, well, I don't know if I'd I, say I think first, it's I mean, well. I think it's like a personal thing for him. He's just got to prove that he can, you know, play like he was before. Yeah, because everybody thinks he sucks now, right? Um, yeah, I guess I guess he's washed now. But it, yeah, I, I think for I, him, I, I think for him, it's all we're about push, we're some... pushing that joke too much. I think people <laughs> yeah. are actually starting to believe it. Right? Yeah, hopefully people can understand our sarcasm a little bit here. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, you know we are both a couple of Brady marks. I think he can do it. But for his sake, I hope he plays well this week so he can shut a lot of those people up. Yeah, if, if anybody knows me, yeah, just don't try to don't don't question uh, the 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 Brady stuff. But um, yeah, I mean it, it's tough because I think a lot of it that's going to rely on the offensive line. Uh, Zach Jarvis in the chat brings up that the Panthers do have a good pass rush. Uh, they added a Son Reddick in the offseason. It's been a really good addition for them. Bruce Arians knows him well. He drafted him in, in Arizona. Um, so he knows his strengths and weaknesses, but like it's he's good. And, and Brian Burns, who was just named to the Pro Bowl, is a fantastic football player. Um, you know, it, it's 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 going to be a challenge, I think, and it's going to rely on the offensive line playing better. I mean, you know, the offensive line has had three Pro Bowlers, right? Three three Pro Bowlers added to their the Pro Bowl roster. It time to step up and play like it because last week they didn't. So last week they played anything but. So you're going to have to have a bounce back game. Uh, Danny seems to be rooting for Stephon Gilmore to pick off Tom Brady. I'm not sure why. No, I think um, I think it's just his hot take this week. I mean, we, I guess, we, have, uh, you know, that, we that like dude. hot takes. We're no strangers to takes on this show. James had a couple of hot takes last week that might have cursed the team, but we won't talk about it. Um, yeah. own, my, 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 he might have cursed one individual because <laughs> that individual got COVID right after, right after James said it. So, uh, I mean, it was seriously less than an hour after James said, Yeah, I think Prashad Perryman is 150 yards Ooh. and a couple of touchdowns this week. <laughs> and then the report comes out that he was put on the reserve list. So, uh, really quickly, before we forget to mention it, the Bucks actually do have a couple of players on the reserve list this week who probably aren't going to play. Uh, Raheem Nunez, Rochez, and Jalen Darden are the two that I know off the top of my head. Was there anyone else? Uh, no, the, the those were uh, the, the those were the um, the only two, as far as we know uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, those are the only two added to the list, so it doesn't sound like those guys are, are going to be playing. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, it's still possible, but you know, it's possible they end up testing out. But um, you know, we saw with all the game postponements and then players able to play. Um, but odds are probably going to be looking at Jalen Darden being out and, and Nacho also being out. So as we talk about this Buccaneers offense, I wanted to get your thoughts on another scenario happening this week. The absence of Leonard Fournette means that uh, big number 27, Ronald Jones, is going to be getting his fair share of carries this week. We mentioned the 98-yard touchdown he had against Carolina last year. I think the chances are pretty slim of something like that happening, but you know, never say never any given Sunday. But we're going to see a hell of a lot more of Ronald Jones this week and maybe a little bit of Le'Veon Bell as well. But, you know, this defense for the Panthers, their run defense, I don't think is their strongest unit, but it is still a pretty stout defensive line he's going to be running up against. So what are your expectations for Rojo on the ground this week? Should it be, you know, should they try giving him more than 15 around 20 carries on the day? Or uh, do you think they're going to forget the run early if the pass really does start to work? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, based on how Bruce Arian sounded. It didn't sound like they were going to adjust the game plan too much. Uh, I think that maybe, you know, maybe the flow of the game might change things. But, I mean, it doesn't sound like they're going to come out and all of a sudden be this run first team and have Brady manage the game. Like, no, they're going to come out firing. Um, so w- w- we'll see. Uh, Ronald Jones, last time in Carolina when he had that 98-yard run, uh, he had 23 carries for 192 yards. Uh, obviously skewed by the 98 yard run, but still, I mean, you take away the 98 yard run. That's a real good day still. So um, yeah, I mean, he had a nice day against the Panthers last, last year. Um, but, you know, I, I also don't think the books are just going to come out and hand the ball, hand the ball, hand the ball. I think they're going to want to, their their strength is still their pass, right? That's still their strength. They still have Rod Gronkowski. They get Antonio Brown back. Now they've added Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully Le'Veon Bell can provide some sort of production there in the pass catching game uh, out of the backfield. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much they do balance. Because I do think you'll see a little bit more run than you normally would uh, just because like naturally, like they just don't have the horses right now, but um you know, I, I wouldn't expect Ronald Jones to come out here and just get every single touch and every single one. Uh, I don't think they're going to be playing, you know, the Tennessee Titans style offense anymore uh, just because a few guys go down. So I, I think this in their nature, there's they're not going to come out passing it 50 times unless the score dictates that. But um, yeah, I, I just think in their in their nature, they're, they're going to come out throwing it. I don't think they're going to be too conservative. And maybe that means Ronald Jones has to catch the ball a few times. Who knows? hundred percent. And I, I know we talked about the guys like Rob Gronkowski, you know, as we shift our focus into this passing attack of Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski still out there. Antonio Brown, who was such a useful weapon for Brady early on in the season, having those guys out there is obviously great. But I also think it's important this week for Brady to just build report with some of those guys that he hasn't been throwing the ball to all season. Like, I have my doubts that we're really going to see the emergence of OJ Howard over these next three games, but that's another target who hopefully can get an opportunity this week. I mean, there are some younger guys who I think should try and step it up this week though. And I think the one that I'm going to be watching the most as far as how his day goes, catching the ball is going to be Tyler Johnson because we've talked about him before. We talked about what his role is going to be now with Chris Godwin, not playing in the slot anymore. He's done for the year. So maybe TJ can be that guy. Uh, But before he can do that, he's going to have to show he can step it up a little bit. And I'm hoping he can do something like that this week, too. But I I definitely think he'll get his fair share of shots this week. 
Yeah, so Zach Jarvis in the chat asked, is Brown going to take over Godwin's role? And we talked about that actually on the mailbag. Uh, and I don't believe he will. I believe it will be Tyler Johnson. Uh, sort of, you know, Antonio Brown's a different player than that. Uh, in the Godwin role, you want somebody who can also block. And Antonio Brown's a willing blocker, but he's just, uh, you know, he's not that good at it. It's okay. Um, but yeah, it's a big week for a guy like him. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to get cut in the offseason or anything, but, like, for his future, as far as, like, his role on his team, these next few games and these playoffs could really, you know, really help his case or it could, like, completely destroy his case uh, to remain that factor on this team. I mean, it's all right in front of him right now, right? I mean, you got – especially this game. Antonio Brown, they're going to be keen in on Antonio Brown. So somebody else is going to have to step up. And, um, you know, I think Tyler Johnson has all the ability in the world, but right now he's just, he hasn't put it together yet. And uh, it's been frustrating. I think fans of uh, Scotty Scooter Miller should hopefully have something to smile about this week because he's another guy on this offense that could get some exposure this week. If Antonio Brown's locked down and Tyler Johnson spends half the game blocking you know, maybe it opens things up for Scotty to catch a couple or two way down the field, right? I'd love to see just a. Vi- it's funny how we call it vintage Scotty Miller now, and the guy's barely played four years. But you know, I'd love to just see a staple Scotty Miller play. I'd love to see him on a go route and Brady hits him for forty yards for a touchdown because you know that's another one of those guys where he hasn't gotten the exposure this season. I think in this offense with you know the way the depth chart played out, he kind of outplayed his usefulness. Um, unfortunately we have referred to Scotty as like a one trick pony on the show before, but you know, that's another guy who hopefully can step it up and, uh, get back in the limelight this week. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll have to see, you know, I, I do think it's, it's, that depends on if Perryman's available or not. Uh, I just, I don't know how many snaps Miller will see. Also, if, if also Perryman. very important, you know, Perryman, his status is still kind of pending. Yeah. Um, so I, I think a lot of that matters, uh, there. Uh, Zach Jarvis says Johnson's too slow. Uh, okay. I mean, that's, that's not true, but okay. He ran almost an identical 40 to Chris Godwin. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, to imagine what Scotty Moore's role is going to be right now, because you don't know if Brashad, what if, is Brashad Perryman going to be available? Is Jalen Darden going to be available? So a lot of those factors have to do with it. Scotty Miller, obviously has been basically a non-factor the last few weeks. Um the only mem- two memorable plays he made were one that he recovered the muff punt in Indy, uh, and he um, also drew the pass interference call in, in Indy on a on a one deep ball. But other than that, like I mean, he hasn't actually done anything. And, well, and we, we've we've even talked about you know, <laughs> you, you everybody likes Scotty, right? Everybody likes him. If I don't think as many people would talk about him in the light that they do if he didn't catch that touchdown against Green Bay last year. If, if that play didn't happen, I don't think people would be talking about him like, oh, he's so good. What are you doing? Like, I don't – I just don't think they would. They well, would. that play happened a few times last season. I mean, I'll never forget it. I still think it was Brady's throw of the year in 2020. It was against the Raiders the first time we really saw him get to Scotty Miller in the corner of the end zone. And then it happened again against Minnesota. But, you know, the common factor of all of those plays is that it follows the agenda we're talking about of, of Scotty just kind of being a, a one trick guy. Like he, mm-hmm. I think he had a short reception for a first down against the saints, I think. But other than that, yeah, when you look at his 2021 resume, the biggest play of the season he has 
is on special teams. So, you know, for his sake, he's just another one of those guys that I wanted to bring up with with the absence of some of these playmakers at wide receiver for Tampa Bay. Hopefully he does get a little bit more of an opportunity because I think given the opportunity, maybe he can prove he's more than a one trick pony. But, you know, with the way this depth chart shaked out, like I said before, he just kind of, you know, it, it, there's only so many times you can throw that 40 yard bomb on a go route to Scotty Miller per season, because if you try to do it twice a game, it's going to get sniffed out. So it's look. It, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Scotty Miller is a sixth round pick. You know, it's not like he's some second round, first round pick. It, he's a sixth round pick. It, it is what it is. There was a reason that he was picked in the sixth round. Like there is a reason I know that every fan thinks that every pick that their team makes is just a steal, but uh, yeah, th- th- there's a reason that he's a six round pick. You know, you, you can like him. Yeah. You can like the skill set that he brings, um, but he's, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a six round pick. It is what it is, right? It's, it's okay. Like um, Perryman has the speed, but Perryman can also do a lot more that then, Miller can as seemingly because they've been waiting for Miller to make, you know, some tough catches some catches across the middle. He hasn't really been able to do it. So like I said, I think this, this game on offense is going to come down to a lot of the offensive line. If they can protect Brady, I think the bucks should have some success. Um, yeah, I, I still I think the the Panthers linebackers might have trouble containing Rob Gronkowski. Their linebackers slash safeties might have some difficulty with Gronkowski. Well, they, uh, they 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 certainly did last year because that moment has been immortalized in the intro of the show. Rob Gronkowski just housing people in the Panthers secondary. Let's hope that trend definitely continues this year. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's um, Rob Gronkowski he had two two catches for fifty one yards in Carolina last year, so. It will, one of them was a touchdown. Uh, it wasn't really that much of a factor last year, um, especially in the second game, but the second game, right? I, we saw with Gronkowski, it took him a while to get going, right? So um, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I think it comes down to the offensive line. If the offensive line keeps breaking it down, I just don't know how much success they're going to have. Obviously, they're going to have more success because it's hard to have less success than he did last week but they're gonna have they're gonna have more success it's just i don't know if it's gonna be a winning formula if this offensive line can't protect the good thing this offensive line is still very good i still believe that his offensive line is very good so uh i, I do think they're gonna have a bounce back game and uh yeah we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens and it'll be interesting to see the game plans i think a lot of it might be more designs to get the ball in scotty miller's hands or tyler johnson's hands when in the, the Bucks talked about this a lot this week, and then we'll move on to the defense. Uh, the Bucks talked about you know how it was it was an adjustment because everything happened so quick. Leonard Fournette's out, Chris Godwin's out, Mike Evans is out. All of it happened within a span of like ten to fifteen plays. So <clears throat> it's difficult to adjust on the fly like that, and um, it, it really is to adjust on the fly to something like, like an injury, right. To try and get, Oh, how you get Tyler Johnson targets now? Well, what does he do best? Well, this and that, well, it, it's tough. So now you have a full practice week. Those guys know that they're the roles that they're going to be in. And I think they will be better prepared for it. So. Let's go ahead and take a look at the other side of the football, as you had mentioned. So on defense for Tampa Bay, uh, here's where I want to start. Actually, Panthers head coach, Matt rule, put out a statement earlier this week in a press conference, basically saying that cam Newton's going to get the start, but Sam Darnold, who was cleared to return and play this week 
will, quote, play at some point. Uh, what What is your take on that? Like, could we see Carolina actually try and mix things up on offense this week? You know, better late than never, I guess, if, if they want to try and bring something back. It seems like Rule's going to be back next year. So, I don't know. Maybe this is when they realize they don't have a whole lot to play for and they reach into their bag of what they may have next year. But, like, what do, what do you take from that statement? I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, we we talked about this a little bit um, on the mailbag. I, I don't really know because it's not like they have same skill sets. So like they, they don't have the same like PJ Walker and Cam Newton have similar skill sets. Right. So so you can do that with them. But like with Sam Darnold and Cam Newton it is not the same skill set. So I, I really don't know what the plan would be. Um, Cam's been bad. Sam Darnold was bad. After a hot start against terrible teams, everybody's like, oh, Sam Darnold. Now, you know, the Panthers were 3-0, and but they beat the, the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. Yay. Um, and, and the Saints were without a bunch of people due to COVID. So, uh, you know, they just put a whole asterisk next to that. Now, I, I don't really know. I, I don't know what to make of it because I, I just don't know how that's going to look. So I wish I had an answer, right? And I don't think it's going to be, oh, 50-50. Well, Cam Newton's on this play. Sam Darnold's on this play. I don't think it's going to be like that. It's maybe Sam Darnold gets a play or two if they feel comfortable with it. But um, I think you're going to see more Cam Newton than anything. I think maybe if, if the Bucks go up 14 nothing, 20 to nothing, 21-7, maybe they do make a switch, right? Maybe there's a short leash on Newton, and they make a switch and try to get a spark. I think that's what you could see. But I really don't know. I don't think it's going to be like a true two-quarterback system, but it was some interesting comments for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I also agree. I, I don't think it's going to be anything too outrageous. Uh, if it was, though, like let's say they just wanted to try and install something new this week. I feel like that in itself is going to be 50-50 for Carolina. It's either going to go about as well as a car crash or, you know, they actually find a way to move the ball pretty efficiently on Tampa Bay. But I'm definitely very curious to see how that shakes out. I wanted to get your thoughts on some other matchups you're going to be watching this week between the Bucks defense and Carolina's offense. We know that Cam Newton under center, uh, it'll be his first time actually facing the Bucks as a Panther since what? 2019 2018 yeah it'll be uh 2019 yeah Yeah. it was that that boring week two game i mean it was quite the finish vernon hargraves the third with the goal line tackle the biggest tackle he ever made in tampa he actually decided to stop someone that day um and they ended up hanging on but man that was that was just such a snooze fest like the thing i remember the most is the the vh3 goal line tackle and then the 45 minute rain delay at the end of the first quarter like that that game sucked, but at least the Bucks were victorious last time they played Cam because he has not fared very well since then. So hopefully, I know they're playing in Carolina. This could be his last home game as a Panther this well, week. Well, aren't aren't the Panthers like zero and twelve with him as yeah, a starter now? Literally in last, like, like twelve games. Yeah, that's exactly what the stat is. I think after last week's loss, they are zero and twelve with Cam Newton starting their last twelve games. So. uh yeah, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, you don't want to write anything off too soon, but it will probably feel great for a lot of longtime Bucks fans uh, to watch what's about to happen to Cam Newton this week in a Panthers uniform because, man, oh, man, there was a time where I hated that guy so much because every single year when they'd play in Tampa, he'd be dancing his way in our end zone and, you know, taking a knee. I, I hated mean, that guy. really, if you think about it, like, 
since 20, like after 2015, when Newton won the MVP, after that, the Bucks have played him pretty okay. Like, the, the, they beat him, they swept him in 2016. They beat him on Thursday night with the Roberto Guayo last second field goal. That was Derek Anderson, though. But Cam Newton also played in the week 17 game uh, against the Bucks. The Bucks won that one. Um, 2017, I don't really remember too much about 2017. Uh, but I mean, I don't think like the Panthers may have won, but like they didn't like set the world on fire. Uh, and then 2018, I, I forget the one in Carolina. 2018, the one at home, I know for a fact. The one at home was, one. was the one with Andrew Adams and the three interceptions. So. In 20, that was 2018. Well, 2017 yeah, then, uh, the one at home. Well, I remember I was so depressed watching that game because like they got their asses kicked. And by they, I mean the Bucks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Andrew Adams, the three interceptions in 2018. I mean, yeah, Newton hasn't played that great against Tampa recently. So um, really, it's just, yeah, early Cam Newton from like 2011 to 2014. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been it was it was horrible for the Bucks, right? He just dominated them. But ever since then, it's not it hasn't really been that great for Newton. So we'll see. Um, we will see what type of game he puts out there. He's looked washed. I mean, he just hasn't looked himself. I mean, even it is probably the worst version of Newton you're seeing right now. Um, that, just, that whole, yeah, I just don't think he has much left. That whole reunion tour that they've got going on in Carolina. I remember like his, uh, his first home game back in that stadium, the, the, the applause was probably, the loudest it has been the entire season. And then that honeymoon phase ended after like the first five minutes of the game. Yeah. I mean, well, to be fair, like he's the Panthers are a young franchise and he's like their franchise guy. So like he's and he's the, like cams, the type of personality and stuff that like people gravitate towards. Oh yeah. So, people, like, I, I mean, I get it. People love to hate him too. And it's just, I guess it comes with the territory, but yeah. You know, just like you said, it really has been tough sledding for Carolina and Cam lately, but hopefully that plays into the Bucks' favor this Sunday. So on offense, are there anything else that you're looking at? I know we talked about the quarterback situation, you know, the possibility of Sam Darnold showing up in this game somewhere, somehow. Oh, oh you're, you're talking about the Panthers' offense. Okay, I thought you were talking about the Bucks' offense. Oh, no, no, no. We, um, we already covered most of that. Sorry. Yeah, I know, but the way you said that, it, it was confusing. It was confusing. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean... They the, DJ Moore is good, but he's been really inconsistent this year. A lot of it's due to inconsistent quarterback play. Um, obviously, Christian McCaffrey being out for the year, his career is like slowly going down the toilet, and it's because of a lot of it's because of injuries. He just he can't really seem to stay healthy, um, and it sucks for him because I mean he's a fun football player to watch, and like I loved watching him at Stanford, but um, you know it, it sucks for him personally. But yeah, I mean he's just. He can't stay healthy at all, so he's a non-factor. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is a good player. Uh, I like him. He's the guy who's basically been filling in for McCaffrey. Uh, he's a good player. I just I think their offensive line can be exploited a little bit, so I think it's going to be important to get after Newton and just hit him, right? Like, no matter who the quarterback is, just, just hit him. Uh, it's going to have to be a big day for Shaq Barrett now, especially with JPP out. Big day for Joe Tronchuenka, obviously, but um, – you know, I, I'm going to be looking at Vita Vea and I'm going to be looking at uh, Nadamakin Sue because the Panthers, uh, they've had some COVID issues of their own. And I believe they ruled out their second string center 
with with COVID. Um, now they're, they're down to their third string center. So I just think you know, the interior of that defensive line is going to have to really dominate this game. Their interior was not really existent the last few weeks. Honestly, it's been a lot of the tackles uh, or the outside linebackers doing the work. Uh, in the Buffalo game, Vita Vey and Adamic and Sue were pretty quiet, especially in the second half. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to be, you're going to be good. And I think you're, you're going to dominate the interior, especially with that, you know, with the third shrink center. It's just, there's not really much of an excuse there for me. Um, as far as, like I said, the Bucks secondary, they're down Antoine Winfield, but as, other than that, it seems like they're fairly healthy. So hopefully they have a bounce back game as well. I know they played well versus New Orleans, but versus Buffalo when Jamel Dean exited, they kind of struggled a little bit. So, um, and then obviously I'm looking for Devin white. How is he going to play without Levante David, with, you know, without Levante David by his side, it's a big loss, obviously. Um, Kevin Minzer's got to step up and, and we'll see if he can get the job done. I think he can in spurts. Um, I, I think Minter can get the job done, but against a running quarterback like Cam Newton or like a PJ Walker, having Kevin Minter, who's not as fast as Levante David could maybe hurt them. So uh, we'll see what the game plan is as far as Carolina goes. I think they're going to want to attack Kevin Minter. You know, if, if I were an offensive coordinator, that's where I'd say, Hey, let's try to exploit that. Um, I just don't know if Carolina really has the horses on, on offense to be able to move the ball consistently. I think they should go without saying, but I'm also going to mention it because they do not have Levante David out there on the field. Uh, tackling has to be a focal point. I, I think, you know, the mechanics just have to be worked on this week. And if you want to bounce back, obviously you play the same brand of defense you have all season, but tackling has low key been an issue a couple of games this season. So I hope that, you know, with Kevin Minter stepping up and obviously Devin White having to play at a little bit of a different level in the absence of 54, uh, I think tackling should be most important this week. Because if you do have a Cam Newton break the pocket, if you do have, I don't know, maybe we see P.J. Walker show up this week. That doesn't seem too out of the realm of things that could happen either. But, you know, just the more mobile guys on the Panthers offense need to be well, shut it's, down. It's just, it's just the, the small things, right? Yeah. D.J. Moore catches a, a five-yard out. He turns up field. He breaks one tackle. He gains three extra yards. Instead, exactly. of, a, in, instead of a third and four, it's a third and two. You know, it, it's small things like that that they haven't done a good job of this season. And they, they, it has to be better. And that's not just because they are playing the Panthers. It's not just because it's a division game. Uh, it's because, folks, the playoffs are less than a month away. So you're going to have to button up this time of season and just go out there and make sure you're doing everything to the best of your ability, regardless of who you have or do not have on the football field. Let's get to the final segment on every week's game preview. It is the weekly checklist. We are going to run down three or four things the Bucks are going to have to do if they want to come out victorious this week and crown themselves NFC South champions for the first time since 2007. Hopefully they bring the uh, the hat and t-shirts with them, as Bruce calls it. A hat and t-shirt game. A chance to get the hat and t-shirt that immortalizes your division title. Something they could have done last week. And honestly, I think maybe they were cursed because <laughs> I was listening to uh, I was listening to Gene Deckerhoff. Uh, I, I like listening to him do the, uh, the pregame. It's usually like TJ Reeves, Gene Deckerhoff, um, Ronnie Lane on 98 rock. Those guys do an awesome job with the bucks pregame, but they had all said it's a hat and t-shirt game for Tampa Bay. Somewhere in the stadium is a box of shirts and hats that say NFC South champions. And as soon as I heard that my, my stomach got sick, but you know, 
I, I think they they have a lot better of a chance this week. I'm not trying to make everything doom and gloom before the checklist, but I think it's just the anxiety. I hope they can actually finally just get it done, put a pin in the division, and do what they said they were going to do since the start of the season. Because let's not forget, winning the division was Tampa Bay's number one goal this year since they didn't do it last year. And with the one on Sunday, they can do just that. But enough blabbing from me. Let's get to the checklist. Evan, what have you got this week? Yeah, real quick. I mean, the Bucks had two two goals, right? One will be achieved. One likely won't be. Um, you know, they wanted to win the division and they wanted to be the first seed. And you know, the first seed obviously will not happen. I don't believe so. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't accomplish all your goals every year, I guess. But yeah, if they're able to win the division, a lot of people forget that that they did not win the division last year. I, you know, obviously, it's because they, you know, be because they they won the Super Bowl, but a lot of people don't remember that they didn't win the division. Um, so, yeah, on, on the checklist, number one's got to be, like we talked about, protecting Tom Brady. The offensive line had too many breakdowns. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the Saints, I guess, but the offensive line just had way too many breakdowns, uh, two. Um, probably, you know, uh, on the defensive line, we talked about hit, 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 just hit the quarterback, find a way to get to the quarterback, disrupt all the timing in the world. The Carolina Panthers offense is not the most talented in the world, right? They can be exploited. So try and find a way to just hit the quarterback, who, no matter who it is, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Cam, I don't care. Like find a way to hit them. And three, I said on the game review show that this was going back on and it is uh, just make your kicks. Um, you know, we're calling out Ryan suck up, make your kicks. Any, anything under 50 yards has to be automatic. Um, that's why they re-signed you. That's why they, they cut Matt gay to keep you, uh, Matt gay, who also made the pro bowl, by the way. Um, so, you know, that's why, like, because they, they wanted a guy who's automatic inside of 50 and you just, you haven't been that lately. So you're going to have to make your kicks. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, pretty I pretty much it. Those are, those are the three you do that and you'll be set. Well, I was going to add one, uh, and I was basically just going to remind you if you didn't put it on the list, but yeah, make your kicks. Um, you know, three points left on the field last week. It doesn't really matter because it's not like the offense was going to score and keep them in that game anyways, but you know, it would have been a very different situation with the saints kind of getting that last field goal at the end to make it a two possession game. It just it could have been very, very different. And yeah, when you are re-signed as a Super Bowl champion, a guy who was automatic from anything inside of 50 last year, they bring you back. You got to continue to do that. So hopefully our guy Ryan Suckup, um, hopefully he can continue the trend of not sucking this year because we haven't said our favorite catchphrase quite as much this season, but I'd like to see a little bit of a turnaround from him. Really quickly in the live chat, our buddy Tony Baloney Got to make sure we get him in here as well. He does bring up Byron Leftwich and his play calling this week, which I, yeah, I mean, it's almost, I guess, just following a trend of like the whole team needs to bounce back this week. Yeah, I'm not, not going to spend, uh, you know, not going to spend too much time on that. Was the play calling brutal? Sure. Was the player's execution also brutal? Yep. You can't acknowledge one without the other. So. Yeah. Well, again, it's all just, you know, we flushed it down the toilet last week's loss. It is what it is. The entire team sucked. I know the defense only held them to nine points, but still, it, it just, it's not even worth talking about anymore. So <laughs> let's, let's get to some score predictions, man. How do you think this one's, uh, this one's going to shake out? Do you have a lot of points between these two teams or, you know, are the Bucks running away with this one? What are your thoughts? 
oh bold assumptions to assume i think yeah i guess yeah um so yeah i think this game might be a little tough sledding uh it's a division game um you know i I just i think carolina is going to come out desperate i mean like i said if they lose this game their season is officially done i mean their season's already basically done anyway but I mean, if they lose this game, they are done. And, and yet again, you don't want to be just like we talked about the Saints. You don't want to be the team that hands the Bucks a division, right? Like, is a division opponent. You don't want to be the team that the Bucks are wearing the hats and T-shirts against. Like, you don't want to be that team. So I expect Carolina to come out with a good fight. And especially, you know, combined with the Bucks injuries at key positions, you know, with, with you know, wide receivers and, and the running backs and now Antoine Winfield's out. So, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit tough. I don't know if the Panthers have enough offense to, to win this game. I just think the Bucks defense is going to make a few plays here and there that puts the Bucks offense in good positions. I think it's a close game. I think it's a grinded out kind of game where at the time you're not really feeling great, but at the end of the day, you're like, win's a win. Um, I think the Bucks win 26 to 21. Uh, and I think the Bucks are going to be NFC South champions. And, yeah, they, they will win by five. I think it'll be a close game, but uh, I do think they'll they'll end up pulling this one out. I don't have it quite as close as you do, but that's also because I have this defense making some plays. Um, I, I think it's going to be complimentary football down the stretch. I think in the early going, it'll be some interesting adjustments for the offense as they try to – you know, find their rhythm again because there's a lot of different playmakers out there now. But I, I do have the Bucks winning this one pretty favorably, and that is because of the plays that this defense will be able to make against Cam Newton or Sam Darnold. I don't care. Both of those guys are more than capable at throwing interceptions, and I think that's going to happen a few times this week. So I have got the Bucks winning this one and the NFC South. Final score from Week 16, Tampa Bay 28, Carolina... I didn't think that part through Carolina 17, 17 thinking of it on the fly. Yeah, I just I, you know, like you said, I don't really believe in this Carolina offense. I don't watch them every week, but I don't believe in them. with it's Cam not Newton good. Under, it, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this offense might have some growing pains in the first half. Just trying to figure out who's hot and who isn't. Look, it's the the, the Bucks have 12. It, so you st- exactly. The- you still have Tom Brady under center. Yeah, as long as they do, I just don't. Yeah, I don't have much concern. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I don't think the Panthers just, they don't have enough. I mean, yeah, the books, you know, Antoine Winfield's a big piece, but, and Levante David, it's just, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they have enough. So I, I do think the Bucks win. Uh, it'll be closer than some want, but, um, wins a win. And when you're this banged up, you know, you, you'll, you'll take a win any way you can get it. Ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, I think that's just about going to do it for this week's game preview edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Big shout out to every single person who is hanging out with us in the live chat over here on YouTube.com. Our good buddy, David, who has plenty of great things to say. Tony Baloney, Emily Campa, our buddy Kyle, the moderators, of course, holding it down. Willie Beeman checking in. Thank you guys so much for being here and anybody else that I may have missed. 
Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T. AKUS. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We'll talk to you guys Sunday afternoon. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Stay safe this holiday season and a very happy new year. Of course, we'll be talking to you before the new year, but uh, I think that, yeah, this is our last podcast before Christmas. So have yourselves a merry little Christmas. And we'll talk to you hopefully Sunday afternoon following a Buccaneers victory and their first division title in 14 years. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, and as always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.